Welcome to the talk show for talkers from irishtalkers.com. Welcome to part three of the talk show for talkers here on irishtalkers.com and I'm going to hand the metaphorical gavel once again to Paul Imani because he's feeling very presidential. I am the president, Moira. I am the president of myself, and that's about the only thing I'm president of. And most of the times I try to stay present. Okay, so let me take you in another direction altogether. I don't want to talk about the president of any particular country. I want to talk about the president of a Toastmasters club. And I'd like to talk to it to, about the, the president and the persona of the president from the point of view of somebody who has come as a visitor to the club. Many of us will remember the first time we visited a Toastmasters club. It's very likely that the first person who spoke at the meeting of the Toastmasters club was the president. It's also likely that the last person to speak at the meeting is the president. And that's obvious because the president is the best speaker in the club and is the best representative of the standard of speaking that you're likely to meet in the club. The, the president is the leader of the, the, the club and the president is also the authority. So the president speaks first and last. The, the new person thinks the, this is the case. The new person thinks that this president is a very good example of what it's going to be like if I join Toastmasters because only the best speakers become president. That's the highest honor. The new member has no idea how long the president might be the president for, may indeed think that the president is going to be president of the club for four years, seven years, as the president of Ireland is president of the country for seven years. So, but the one thing sure is that the person will have the impression that, that the president is somebody held in very high esteem and is therefore a person who's a very high achiever. Now this puts a lot of pressure on a president. Did I tell you the story, Moira, uh, about on my way here, I met a man who told me that he went to a school opening night for prospective parents and prospective students. Did I tell you that story? No, you didn't tell me that story. Right. I'm all ears. Let me tell you now. Uh, this, this man uh, told me the story today at lunchtime and he said, I went along to this school opening night and the first person to speak was one of the students, the head girl at the school. And she spoke with great energy, with great passion. She used tremendous vocal variety. She moved around the stage. He said she might have actually slightly overdone it, but she was so impressive. She really had me saying, that young woman will go very far in life. And then that tremendously impressive student was followed by the head of the school and the deputy head of the school. And the deputy head of the school, who had made this speech for many years, proceeded to speak a little like this 
Thank you all very much for coming to the school. It's a great pleasure to have you here tonight. And in our company, I'm very pleased to introduce to you the deputy head of the school who will now tell you how we run the school. The deputy head was also a little like that. And this man said to me, they were both awful, dreadful. They could hardly have been worse. So he was then left with a difficulty, which was, should his children go to a school, which we'll say turns out a young woman with lots of energy, communication, talent, uh, panache, verve, um, an ability to take risks, an ability to use all of their body, move around, or should they send their children to a school which has as a role model for a head somebody who is absolutely uninteresting to listen to. What are they going to do? This story reminded me of somebody else who went along to a Toastmasters club and who told me afterwards that the president of the club could hardly string half a dozen words together. And when given an opportunity to speak during table topics on a topic for two minutes, spoke for four and a half minutes after the bell had gone. And the person told me that they got such an impression about the club that they thought, whatever about the club, I couldn't ever bring somebody along to this club if the best example that the club is going to put forward is a president who's able to speak like this. Clearly the president had been in the club or in Toastmasters for many years. So it wasn't like as if it was a brand new Toastmaster becoming president for the first time. And the whole thing made me think, and this is why I bring this into today, of how incredibly important it is that the leader, which is undoubtedly what the president is to the, to the newcomer, that the leader is able to present a very good image of what the organization promises to prospective new members. Because there is an implied promise, is there not? Given by the, the president that if you join us, you're going to be a bit like me. You're going to be as good at speaking, as following guidance, as giving guidance, as I am. That is a reasonable implied promise. Obviously, no president stands up at the beginning of the meeting and says, I promise you if you join this club that you'll be as good as I am. But there is an implication that the person is exemplary. Am I, am I exaggerating? I don't think so, no. I think that you've actually hit the nail on pretty firmly on the head because if you think about it, apart from being greeted at the door, the, the, the guest coming to a Toastmasters meeting, the first person that they hear speaking is the president. Well, certainly in Irish Toastmasters meetings, uh, I know that in some English ones they have the uh, 
the sergeant at arms who opens the meeting. And that is quite common, I believe, in, in other countries. But certainly, <clears throat> in this country, we, we had the president. Well, the president and who's wearing, in, in most cases, the insignia of office. Indeed. Which says, you know, this is a person who we hold in high yeah. respect. Yeah. And who, to the newcomer, they certainly have the impression that the members of this club have elected this person to be their president. Yes. It's not a life position. They probably think it is a, it is a sign of the talent that this person has and their commitment. You do, it is, you know, the club putting a good face forward. Now, I say this because I, I think that, I almost think that there, it, it, there'd be no, nothing wrong with there being a special program for pre club presidents, which would involve them thinking about how they can be a very good exemplary representative of the club rather than somebody who's served time and has moved into that role because either they're the only person willing to do it or because it's their turn to become president. But it's really important for the long-term health of that particular club that the president is able to do that. And I don't see any existing um, program specially designed for club presidents. Is no, but there one? Well, it's something which should be covered in club officer training. As you know, we do this twice a year. We have club officer training at the beginning of the Toastmasters year, in, well, actually in, in August, and then again in January. And we endeavoured uh, during those training sessions to prepare the club officers for the roles that they're going to undertake. Now, I don't know that uh, this type of subject has ever been brought up in the president's piece of club officer training. Is there and always a bit of club officer training which is directed at presidents? Well, the way, the, way, well the way that we do our club officer training is we, we have presentations and we have breakout groups. And the breakout groups are, we get each, all the presidents together of all the clubs, we get all the treasurers together, all the VPEs, VPMs, etc, etc, etc. Each group together so that they can share ideas and we, t we, t we tend to give them uh, a hint of something that, they, that we want them to come back on. Let's say, you know, to, to presidents, you could say, well, how are you going to exemplify you know, the, the quality of your club to a guest? And that would be a very good question to ask and to get those presidents then to, to sit down and discuss amongst themselves. But you so, could have eight presidents sitting around a table and you give them a question like that to discuss and they join in and they mm -hmm. discuss it. These might be uh, people who are quite comfortable sitting around with eight other people chatting, although the probability is that there'll be an uneven distribution of participation. As always. And somebody can sit there quietly. But there's no skills training. Mm -hmm. That's the point mm -hmm. I'm making. Yep. That there's no... Is there a process by which a new president can be given feedback about uh, their strengths and their, uh, the things they could usefully work on during their year as a president? Or 
should I should I be saying to myself that's looked after by the mentor every new president has a mentor who will work with them during the year to help them to play the role as well as they can do it so Paul you don't have to worry about this there are mentors for every president in every club. Well, you say that, but the mentor would be the immediate past president, and generally speaking, the immediate past president has, thinks he's done his stint and he's, you don't see him for dust. In fact, I, of the Blarney Club, and I hope I'm not talking out of uh, sorts here, but we've had two or three in past presidents who have not rejoined after their term of office which, now I don't know if that's what that says about the club. Well, I, in defence of Blarney, I mean, against this horrendous attack of, uh, of, <laughs> of information, which, you know, a parliamentary committee wouldn't have been able to draw out. Um, uh, Sharon O'Neill was president of the club, and then she was followed by Eddie uh, Omani. This is and true. And Sharon O'Neill is a coach to Eddie Omani and coaches him before every single meeting. I see her talking with him before the meetings. But then Sharon O'Neill is an outstanding Toastmaster, so I don't think one can use her as a comparison for the average. She is way above average. It's a but topic, though, I think, uh, <coughs> how to help and support all new presidents. I would like I would like to find out if anyone is interested in that topic. Well, I think this is something to direct to certainly our division director uh, and knowing that he is standing for the same position next year because he only served for half the year this year, I think it would be a very good one to point out to him. That brings us to the end of this segment. Please join us again for part four when I'm going to be talking about, well, it's again, it's harking back on uh, Florian Merck, and it is nine things that we can get out of public speaking. So join us then. The Talk Show for Talkers is published every Friday afternoon at 4 p.m. Dublin time. Check on our website, irishtalkers.com, for more information.